Wyoming. Glad to be here with you and your listeners, Tim. I appreciate you having me out. Uh, some degree of controversy there. We'll dive right into it. Uh, concerns about, and this kind of dovetails into the issue of the rental eviction protection as well. Sure. Dealing with a couple of entities that, that, to be generous, don't appear to have a great deal of experience in the, the respective areas here. Uh, talk about that from 30,000 feet, and then we'll drill down a bit. Sure. Well, obviously, you've got this uniquely challenging time in our lifetimes where there's lots of human trauma and lots of challenge, economic challenge, health challenge, mental health challenge. You know, we just learned a month ago that for the first time ever, the United States had 100,000 overdose deaths in the course of one year. We also know from recent census data that us and our adjacent counties have increased in population by over 100,000 people over the last decade. And Athens, That's basically like adding another Athens. Mm-hmm, that's exactly right. And we, of course, are the service hub for the region. You know, Athens is the place where you come to have a baby. Athens is the place where you come to have open heart surgery. Hey, Athens is the place where you come to check out a band at the Georgia Theater on a Friday night. And so we know we disproportionately are faced with the challenges relative to some of our more suburban and rural neighbors. So you give all of these layers, uh, you bring, bring that to us, and we've got to figure out what to do about that. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of our traditional nonprofits are covered up with work as well. You know, everybody talks about the great American labor shortage, and that's also true within the in the service sector and the aid sector. So we do have a couple of organizations that are new to the table who are providing some services now. So Athens Alliance Coalition is the lead agent with the structured homeless encampment over on Barber Street uh, near the poultry plant right by the loop. And and then we've got another organization that's going to be providing rental relief in conjunction with the Georgia Department of Community Affairs. That entity, as I understand it, doesn't even have staff at the moment. So they are absolutely new. They're going to have to be hiring up. And so fortunately, they're going to be having a meeting with DCA, the state entity that has the rental relief dollars. Um, And and then on the homeless encampment side, uh, what I do have every confidence in is our staff's ability to do monitoring and a couple of ongoing agencies that are going to be partners on this. Advantage Behavioral Health Services, who's what the state terms the Community Service Board for the region to provide behavioral health help, and also Bigger Vision, who's long been offering some uh, shelter beds on North Avenue. So definitely, if I could craft this, if I was Shakespeare, would I have scripted this exactly as it's come out? No. But do we have real human needs on the ground and people who, God bless them, are willing to support those human needs? Yes. You know, we were talking last week and I got an answer I didn't expect. We were talking with Charles Campbell, who is on the board of the Mm -hmm. Alliance, uh, and I asked him a question that's been asked a lot, and I'm sure you've heard this. Well, wait a minute. You have this old school building out there. Why are you putting people in tents? And I thought, okay, well, I'm anticipating an answer to that question in my own mind. Probably has to do with some of the work that would have to be done on the building and maybe in the future. No, here's what Charles Campbell said. He said, it's just too much regulation. If you start talking about moving people inside, that's a whole new kettle of fish in terms of, of oversight, regulatory oversight, and we're not prepared to deal with that at this moment. Well, and, and one of the challenges with a structure like that is, of course, you've got a 40s or 50s era building, and you've got a lot of environmental remediation that would have to happen for any human habitation. So what's good is when you step foot on that campus, the the buildings effectively serve as sort of a buffer from the loop and the adjacent poultry plant. 
And you've got what's really a nice yard, you know, what was the courtyard when it was actually a building. Um, You do have a couple of shelter areas in the event of inclement weather, and you've got permanent lockers there that are on site so people can live with some sanctity. You know, the benefit of this arrangement is that this is a way to get people closer to services. You know, one of the challenges for people who've lived unsheltered and lived homeless is that they've been away from normal life and normal society. And this is a way to have people close to where advantage is going to come on a recurrent basis and say, hey, how can we help with your addictions needs? How can we help with your behavioral health needs? When people are living out in the woods off the loop, you're not getting that level of consistent What's care. What's the timeline on this? So th- this is provided as a 20-month opportunity. And what we're doing concurrent with that is building a greater pipeline to get people back into regular life. And so what I want everybody to know is that this is not the end game. This is not the, you know, let them rot kind of an environment. This is a place where we can get people closer to getting jobs again, getting regular apartments again. And that piece is being built right now with the Homeless Coalition, which is a consortium of about 15 local organizations, all of whom already have a, a piece of that and want to build a more robust uh, level of service to, to help all those folks get back to regular life. You, you know, Tim, I worked in public ed in this town for 20 years, and the sad reality is I have a number of former students who've been out on the streets. Um, some of them, I could tell when they were 13 or 16, were probably heading that way based on the real challenging circumstance that they were living in already. And the other side the of that coin, I don't know you saw this too, would have been students who were at that moment in homelessness. Absolutely. I always about how in the world does a kid worry about the algebra test when he slept in a car last night? Great, great question, Tim. I mean, kids who are living with trauma don't worry about that algebra test or, or have a hard time dividing their attention when really so much of their psyche is given to the trauma they're experiencing Very right quickly, now. quickly, Mayor Kelly Gertz, you, you began with a bit of a manifesto. Okay, here's, here's the year we've dealt with and all the issues, and it, it really comes down to one big umbrella, that of COVID. Uh, take about a minute here and tell us where we are. I know you talk with the health experts. Mm-hmm. You look at the data, and the data uh, after going down appears to be bouncing back up in the other direction. Where are we now and what might be in the future for us in terms of, of mitigation measures, if any. Yeah, a month and six weeks ago, we were at a real trough in case counts. And and simultaneously, our hospital beds were not very heavily consumed. Hospital beds still are in relatively good shape compared to the last year and a half. Unfortunately, as you just indicated, for about the last two weeks, we, we have seen this modest escalation. We're, we're nowhere like where we were last September mm. or last January. Obviously, what we want to do is not get there. Um, what we're hearing from experts is this Omicron variant, which, of course, sounds like it's out of a Planet of the Apes movie, mm-hmm. um, it is highly contagious. Um, now, we, we've also heard that if you're vaccinated, and particularly if you're boosted, not as severe, not so severe. So if you are not vaccinated, if you are not boosted, get out there. If you are a parent like I am and you have a child between five and 12 years old, you now can get that young person vaccinated as uh, as we have done in our home. And I encourage you to go to the health department and do that. It is quick and free. Effectively, every vaccinated person becomes less of a vector for spread. You know, th- think about it in electrical terms, right? In electrical terms, you either have an insulator that keeps electricity from spreading or you've got something that's a conduit for that electricity. And if you're vaccinated, you're not a conduit for the virus. To and the by the way, let me quickly, because we're going to hit a break here. It doesn't mean the mayor didn't just tell you the virus or the vaccine was perfect. That's not the point of any of this. It's better. 
Mm-hmm. It's better than than not having a vaccine and, and not taking advantage of it. Mayor Kelly Gertz in studio with us. One or two positions in county government, the, the districting doesn't matter. The sheriff is one. The mayor mm-hmm. is the other. Uh, you're a first-termer. Have you decided on a second term yet? I, I absolutely have. Um, uh, certainly we'll be making a, a big old formal announcement <laughs> in January, but uh, but but I, I'll give you the, the preview. I'll be running for a second term, and I'll be on the ballot on May 24th, 2022. All right, there that is. Now the the and half of the commission also up for reelection. That's right. All the odd odd this year. Okay. Uh, the, the as I understand the controversy over the maps here, and you can maybe flesh this out for us. Uh, not frankly, as I look at the maps, not a lot changes. Tweaking here and there, not a lot changes. And, and for at least a handful of commissioners, that is a problem. They wanted a more dramatic change. Wanted, for example, more minority representation on the commission. Uh, where this stands now, with the vote of last week, 7-2 or 3 or whatever it was, That's not right. unanimous, it goes to the local legislative delegation in a non-unanimous fashion. I don't know if there's any statute here, but there is tradition that says they want it to be unanimous, and then it's just rubber stamped in the legislature. Uh, as it is now, though, not being unanimous, there is the chance that the commission could could watch as the legislature throws the whole thing up in the air and starts over. Well, I'm speculating a little bit here, Tim, but every indication is this is going to be a very fervent legislative session. It is, of course, an election year, as mm. we are just talking about, and that means that a bunch of folks who are already in the legislature are going to be jockeying for statewide positions. There is, of course, this primary in the Republican gubernatorial race, and so there, there's probably going to be some positioning, as mm. <laughs> we always see that goes Long on way the to say that the people in Valdosta and Bainbridge aren't going to get worked up about Athens Clark County Commission District. Lines. Exactly. So I would like to take some heavy work off of our local delegation <laughs> and off the General Assembly and say, hey, the number crunchers have done a legitimate job here. Go ahead and pass these maps and you can move on to all of those other things that you're very concerned about other than the athens Clark County district lines for its county commission. And of course, this is an issue in other places. You know, you can look online and you can find the Augusta News. There's been some controversy mm-hmm. there and, and there always is. And there's probably no perfect way ever to do this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the truly nonpartisan but empowered redistricting commissions where, you, you know, you give some set of demographic experts a map and population data and you say, go at it. By the way, and, how did it work here? You've got some, a board or other, that a panel that does the actual drawing of the map, submits it to the Board of Elections and then to the commission? That's exactly right. Yeah. And so in the past, we, we used a similar process, but... Ten years ago, we didn't have a geographic information office, and so we really didn't have the technological capability to do it in-house. And so we shopped that out to the mm. Carl Vinson Institute of Government at the University of Georgia. And, and as it happens, the Institute's doing less work now that has sort of a political veneer. I think they're just trying not to get involved in that, given the controversies that we've experienced in the state over the last several years. Um, so we're glad to have that expertise in-house. This is a truly balanced map, as, as you heard Commissioner Parker say. And, and it's one that does have three majority-minority districts. Which is what we had going in, correct? Uh, so we had two going in, and, and one got bumped up. District 3, three. Was currently held by Melissa Link, got bumped up a little bit. 
All right, Mayor Kelly Gertz in studio with us. Other controversies, uh, a police oversight board formed in recent weeks. Uh, there are obviously proponents, and the majority of them on the Athens-Clark County Commission. There are critics, many of them uh, who worry about uh, already demoralized mm. police who have one more thing now to look over their shoulder about. Where are you on all this? Well, I, I, I've always been supportive of a public safety oversight commission. Um, you know, when you're in the public sector, you have a responsibility to people. When I was in the classroom as a public school teacher, I had a responsibility, and there should be oversight over the work I do. I should be accountable, and that should be measurable accountability. And that's the same about a police department. What, what I would say is that th this isn't about a gotcha kind of environment. This is really about establishing a foundation for making sure that we're putting the resources in. You know, I'm I'm really being held accountable. You know, is Mayor Gertz and is the commission putting the resources into place to make sure that our police officers, who I, I will also say we're now supporting in terms of salary to a greater degree than we ever have, have the tools, have the training, have the experience at their disposal, or are there some other things we need to be deploying on the streets as we've just entered into a partnership, for example, with Advantage Behavioral Health Services to have an emergency response team for those folks who are clearly not violent actors but might be losing their minds out there on the street corner. And what Everybody also needs to know is that in the state of Georgia, there's no human resources component to this. So this isn't a body that can fire or recommend firing of anybody. That's that's embedded in the but police what, chief's Okay, so what does happen here? First of all, let's, let's talk about the composition of the board itself. How many folks and when are they appointed and by whom? So they're going to be 15 folks, and you're going to be seeing a call for members in January. So be looking for that, members of the public. Um, it's probably mid-January when applications are going to open up, and applications will be open for two or three weeks. And so what they'll be able to do is say, all right, systemically, what are the things that we know? Are there some disproportionalities around who is getting arrested for comparable crimes or how they're being treated when they're in the system? Which was a concern raised by Commissioner Parker and others with the Northeast Georgia Drug Task Force. That's right. That's right. And, and it's a concern uh, across the, the United States. And it's, heck, it's a concern in public education. It's a concern in public health. And so we always want to ask ourselves, how can we do a better job? How can we make sure, regardless of your skin color, regardless of of where you were born, regardless of your sexuality, you are treated comparably to all others. Who's going to who make the appointments? The, the commission? Or? It will be the commission making the appointments, as we do for the Greenway Commission or the Board of Health or others. I, I've seen some of this, and I know you have too. Conservatives need not apply. Those leftists on the athens Clark County Commission not going to give us a seat at the table. I, I would recommend that everybody apply. I mean, I, I'm somebody, Tim, and I think people have seen this demonstrated through my work, who wants to hear from everybody. You know, if I'm just hanging out with other folks who've got an undergraduate degree in social sciences and, you know, worked in human services for their career. I'm not learning anything. I, I, I'm not growing. Echo I'm chamber. not getting better. That's right. If I'm sitting there talking to myself in the mirror, how am I a better public servant? But if I'm hearing from a variety of people, young folks, old folks, conservative folks, people from different walks of life, then you really have an opportunity for learning. You know, we're in this crazy time in human history when everybody seems to want to take their toys and retreat into their own corners. And I just don't think that's healthy for a community or a society or for us as human beings. Um, you know, we, we need to be at the table talking yeah, to each other, and particularly kind of in something this important. Somebody who kind of embodied that less than a minute left here. I don't know how well you knew Senator Johnny Isaacson. You knew him by reputation. Certainly. Nothing else. That that was kind of his approach to things. Yes. Whether, whether it was somebody who was clearly a, 
you know, Republican colleague um, or, or John Lewis, Isaacson was somebody who would sit down with others because he wanted to learn. And, and I appreciate that so dearly. And that's your plan moving forward into what you hope for, will be for you a second term. Absolutely. Mayor Kelly Gertz, uh, yeah, he'll have the formal announcement, the campaign kickoff, all the rest of that stuff uh, sometime after the first of the year. I suppose now it's just about getting through the holidays as safely as possible. That's right. Be safe, everybody. Yeah, you.